0: book of Deuteronomy chapter number 15 starting in verses number four um the writer declares that there should be no poor among you for the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he has given you as a special possession you will receive this blessing if you are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today six declares the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised you will lend money to many nations but will never need to borrow. Somebody shout, that's me. It says, you will rule many nations, but they will not rule over you. But if there are any poor in Israelite, poor Israelites in your town, when you arrive in the land, the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. This is good. Instead, everybody shout, be generous. He says, but instead be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for canceling debt is close at hand. Now that's interesting because the context, he's going to tell them, uh, verses 1 and 3, that every seven years that you are to release your debtors. And so if 2023 was the, you know, the seventh year you were supposed to release people of their debt and somebody come to you in November be like, hey my man, can I hold on to some? You're like, no, bro, I can't. Let me. let's wait until after the year of cancellation. So he says, when you see someone in need and they come and they borrow something, don't, don't consider that it's the year of cancellation coming up. Meet their needs, help them. This is crazy. He says, do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone a loan because the year of canceling debt is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy, look at this, If that needy person cries out to the Lord, ooh, you're going to be in trouble. You will be considered guilty of sin. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I am commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Father, now in Jesus' name, thank you once again. Uh, God, my words, God, allow me to minister this word with compassion, with sensitivity, but yet with your divine authority and power, cause this word to transform the lives, the minds of your people on today, and it is in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody says, now before I get started, um, let me just kind of throw this caveat out there, um, one of the challenges of being a teacher is when you get ready to name a subject, um, depending on people's context of that particular subject, they think that they know where you're going already. I, I want you to press pause on that and just give me the benefit of the doubt to play out my entire message before you put me in a certain category or a certain camp. Can y'all do that this time? Just, just do it this time. Um, I wanna start out by highlighting the word poverty. Poverty is the state of being extremely poor, not having enough money to meet, everybody's shout, basic needs. Basic needs including food, clothing, and shelter. Economic and Social Inclusion Corporation, this organization, describes poverty as hunger, lack of shelter, being sick and not being able to see a doctor, having, not having access to schools and not knowing how to read. Um, not having a job is fear, uh, fear of the future, living one day at a time. Here's another thought. In addition to a lack of money, poverty is about not being able to participate in recreational activities, not being able to send children on a day trip with their schoolmates or to a birthday party. Po- are y'all having a you know, birthday party at the extreme jumping thing of my jig? Are y'all paying for all the kids? Oh, y'all ain't? Pookie can't go (laughs) then. Not having the money to send them to recreational activities, not being able to send children on a day trip with their schoolmates or to a birthday party, not being able to pay for medication for an illness. Those who are barely able to pay for food and shelter simply can't consider these other expenses. Now, here is the reality among us, among us, us, some of us, Based on this definition, we are living in poverty. Based on the definition that I read, that there are some of us, we are currently living in poverty. Then there are some of us, in all actuality, we are actually just one catastrophic event away from poverty. (laughs) Like if another pandemic shutdown happened, we in trouble. Hurricane come through here and I can't go to work. Some of y'all pray pray the hurricane will go (laughs) the other way because I need that check. Huh. One catastrophe away, and then there are some of us, you one paycheck away from poverty. Like if you don't get that check on the first, it's, it's gonna be trouble. I had this little sweet lady go off on me one time. <laughs> I was working for this organization and I was helping with the payroll and I can't remember exactly what happened, but I was late getting the payroll out To this particular uh, these individuals, and this one little lady, she went off. I'm talking about just sweet, sweet, mild mannered. Went off on me. You know why? Because she can't afford not to have that paycheck. And amongst us, there are some of us that are that are there. If what's today, the 27th? The first is what Thursday. If I don't get this check Thursday, we in trouble. So let, let, me, let me show you Jesus' heart, Jesus' heart, um, when it comes to the poor. In Matthew 11:2, there's an interesting situation that's going on. John the Baptist is in jail, and he's posing a question that um, at one point or another, every leader poses. Every parent poses. Every, every, every person, every pastor poses. Was it worth it? My sacrifice, my time, my investment, was it all worth it or did I waste my time? And, and John is the forerunner of Jesus. He's now in jail. You know the rest of the story. He's getting ready to be martyred, beheaded. And so he sends a message to Jesus. And here's the message, Matthew eleven two. 2. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? I need to know that I waste my time, my man. Jesus responds, verse number four, go back and report to John what you hear and see. This is what you need to tell John. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead raise. And the good news is proclaimed, preached to who, y'all? The poor. Yeah. Now, this is going to match what Jesus is going to proclaim about himself in Luke chapter number 4, when he goes back, this is after his temptation, he goes back to his hometown, Nazareth, and, and he goes into the synagogue. They stand him up to read, and he, the, the scroll lands on Isaiah 61 where it's been written of him. And this is what he reads about himself. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to who, y'all? <laughs> y'all, y'all with me today? <laughs> y'all like... You told us not to assume where you're going, so we're just going to sit back and wait. (laughs) Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. This is crazy. Twenty. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. In essence, he just dropped the mic. (laughs) This is why I'm here. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So when we look at these particular texts, Jesus announces that I came to preach good news, the gospel to the poor. He tells John to validate my ministry if I'm real or not. Look, look, look at what I'm doing. I am in te- I'm being intentional to minister to the poor. Now let's look at this from a humanistic perspective. From a humanistic perspective, it says that's a good little Jesus. Because he's focusing on the marginalized of the community. He's he's focusing on the outcasts. He's saying the gospel is for everybody. And I'm going to be intentional to go to the poor to minister to them. That's the humanistic approach to this particular text. But I want to minister it from a more biblical perspective. What did you go to do to the poor, Jesus? He said, I came to present the gospel to them. Now, to understand what this is all about, you need to understand what are the benefits of hearing the gospel, hearing and receiving the gospel. The scripture declares in the book of 1 Corinthians 15.1, Paul writes, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached, everybody shout gospel. He says, which you received on, which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are, everybody shout, I'm saved. He says that by the gospel you are saved. Now, now, now understand, um, this, this idea of salvation is much more than just the heavenly home. But the, what encompasses salvation is the fact of the matter that God had me on his mind. When you think of salvation, and, and, and watch, I, I was in the art gallery one time, and I was looking at all these paintings, and I'm like, okay, whatever, yeah, uh-huh. And, 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 it, and my, my perspective changed. When I stop looking at the paintings and I start looking at the price of the paintings, all of a sudden, I begin to value them a little bit more. When you understand what He paid for you, my God today, for God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son, what does it do for the self-esteem of a poor man when he realizes what's been paid for him? Let's look at the gospel, Romans 1:16, "For I am not ashamed, oh my God, of the gospel of Christ, for it is, Everybody shout, it's the power of God." It's the power of God. So the gospel is not just to give me a handout. Baby, it's to give me a hand up. It's not just to anesthetize me in the midst of my pain. I want to help somebody in here. But it causes me to rise above my current situation. What is this gospel that you preaching to the poor? Matthew 4:23 declares, and Jesus went about Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among them. When Jesus showed up on the scene to preach, things changed. So it wasn't just words, but there was power in those words to change. My situation, I ain't done. Acts 14 said, Pop, pop, pop came to me last, last week. I said, Dad, um, what, what, what was your thoughts on the message? He said, Son, it was good. You were just short, though. So I'm going to make up my time this week. I'm going to have this time and that extra time that I didn't w- take up last, last week. Yeah, y'all pray for me. Acts chapter number 14, verse number 7. Where they continue to preach, everybody shout, the gospel. Look what happened in Lystra. There sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, preaching the gospel. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. There's a lame man that's hearing the gospel. Faith comes by hearing by the word of the, he's hearing the message, and as he's hearing the message, the message is empowering his faith to the point where he says to himself, "I just don't believe that I gotta be lame no more." Everybody shout the gospel. So the gospel is not just about my God today, oh Jesus, just just making you comfortable in your situation. But what the good news does is help you to get up out your situation. Romans 16, 25. Man, this is so good. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel. The message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. That word establish means to fix firmly, to set up or to prop up. When I hear the gospel and I receive it, it causes me to be different on the inside and the outside. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach. What y'all? The gospel to every creature, he that believeth, now now, when, when you preach and you actually believe what's being preached, and I, I pray, my God today, Ray, I pray that that's what happens today, that you don't just hear the words that's coming up out of my mouth, but after hearing the word, you will receive them and believe them, because the Bible declares after they preached in verse number 15, those that believe were baptized and they were saved, but they just weren't saved. It was signs that followed them that were saved. 17 declares, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Ooh, look at the poor man. Now you're able to cast out demons. Look at the poor man. Now you're able to speak a new language. Look at the poor man, verse number 18. They shall take up serpents. You know what that means? They shall walk in authority. They shall, watch this. Not only authority, but if they drink anything deadly, it shall not harm them. What's that? Divine protection. They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Oh, my God. Hebrews 4 and 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Because they didn't, mix, they didn't believe it. So what happens to the more poor man when, when, when he hears the word and he believes it? According to Hebrews 4 and 2, his life profits. So Jesus said, go tell John the things that you see in here, Tell him that folk that used to be blind when they hear the words they see. Folk that was lame, after they hear the words, my brother, they start walking. He said, tell them folks that have skin disease, leprosy, after they hear the word, they cleanse. Tell them that deaf people, after they hear the word, they start hearing again. Tell him that dead people are rising up from the dead spiritually and naturally after they hear, oh my God, hear the gospel. And tell him finally that the good news is proclaimed to the poor. What's good news to the poor is that you ain't got to be poor no more. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Woo! Y'all looking at me crazy. I hear you. Oh, see, see, I hear you, Reb, that that you go with that little prosperity stuff, that little prosperity. No, 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 no. Help me out. Don't put me in no camp because I ain't in no camp. This is what I do. I spend time studying, exegeting the text, and after God reveals to me what the text says, I I apply it first to my life because let me just say it to myself. Greg McGee, you will never be broke another day in your life. Now, now, here's the question, here's the question, because there are some that'll fight a message like this. Now, it's one thing, it's one thing, my God, it's one thing, it's one thing for you to fight it from a theological position, I'm okay with that, but I have some folk that are, who need this message, but fighting it. Well, everybody ain't supposed to be, everybody ain't supposed to be well off. Well, you know what? Be it unto you according to your faith. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 y'all, y'all gonna do me like that? Let me go on to the text. Yeah. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. I'm going to help you with that scripture too. Watch this. Good news to the poor. Mmm. He ain't got to be poor no more. Now let me show you. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 verse number 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you through his poverty, might become... Now, 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 let's, 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 let's look at context. Somebody said that the context is spiritual riches and spiritual poverty. Now, who would call Jesus spiritually poor? <laughs> so if the context is not spiritual poverty and spiritual riches, then it must be talking about... So let's read it from that perspective. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich. What do you mean he was rich? He came from a place where the streets were made of gold. Not paved. Made of gold. And he left his riches and became poor. How did he become poor? He was born in a little stable outside. And became poor. Why did he become poor? So that you through his poverty might become what, y'all? Rich means to be abundantly supplied. So so what you trying to say? I'm supposed to have money like Michael Jackson? No, I ain't saying that at all. I'm supposed to have money like Oprah? I ain't saying that at all. I'm saying you ought to have enough money to t- pay, pay your bills and take care of somebody else's. Let me say it again. You should have enough money to meet your needs and help somebody else meet their needs. So he says that he became poor so that we might be rich, which simply means that we ought to be abundant. Everybody shout, I ain't supposed to be broke. Everybody shout, I'm supposed to be abundantly supplied. (laughs) Matthew chapter number six, verse number 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now we're talking about your God. And he says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. God, 29. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little? So don't worry about what you going to eat? What you going to drink? What you going to wear? This what folk, this is what folk who have no God worry about. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father, he, he, he knows what you what now? He knows what you He knows what you need. So pastor, what should I do? Matthew 6:33 says, if you want your needs, met, this is what you do. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then what, y'all? Oh, my God, today. All of these things will be, they're going to be added to you. Th- these are the benefits of being a kingdom citizen. You, you, you know, like a benefit package? Be- benefit package, benefit package. So you got a you paycheck. This is what y'all going to pay me um, per hour or salary. But outside of the salary, these are the benefits that you have. So you walking around talking about, man, my tooth hurt. Man, I show. man, I want, man, this tooth is killing me. But you got dental insurance. So you can actually get a paycheck every week, every month, and never exercise your benefit package. You can go to heaven and get your paycheck. But never exercise your benefit package on the earth. Holy saying nothing in here. I go get cleanings and eye exams, even if I don't think I need them. You want some glasses? They paying for them. Give me some. Tell your neighbor, I'm gonna get my benefits. All right, all right, all right. Let, let, let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Psalms 103 and 1 declares, Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his what, y'all? Okay, so what are the benefits? What's the benefits? Because understand, understand, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now, we just say the gospel. We just say the gospel. But because we have failed to understand what he preached, the gospel of the kingdom, we just see the death, burial, and resurrection, which is good, but it's not enough. Because the gospel of the kingdom identifies why the death, burial, and resurrection. Pastor, tell me why. Because when God created the earth, when he created Adam and Eve, he gave them dominion and power. Genesis chapter number 3, the devil strips uh, Adam of his dominion. That's why he's called the God of this world. What did Jesus come to do? He came to restore dominion on the earth. So as a kingdom citizen... I have rights. Jazz, I am a dual citizen already, girl. So what's my benefit package? Verse number three. He forgives all our sins. But he don't just forgive my sins. He heals our diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. This this is so crazy. Watch this. There's no one in this audience. There's no one in this audience or online can deny that I love my wife you know why because her life is crowned with my love when you look at her you can tell somebody care about her God says I'm going to crown your life with love and compassion when people look at you they're going to say that there's a God that cares about her am I in the book or am I just rambling He says, I'm going to crown you with love and compassion. Now, here it is. He says, I'm going to satisfy your desires. With what, y'all? Here's the question. What's your desire? What's your, what's your desire? What's, what's the desire? What's the desire? Yeah, what's the desire? What's, huh? New house, that's your desire. What, what's the desire? She said new house, too. How many want a new house? Look at all these new houses up in here. We just got one. I want another one, too, y'all. <laughs> I'm in the text where your loving father says to you, I want to satisfy you with good things. All my kids, including Naisha, bad. And they never deserved a Christmas present, ever. And include Nate, got a temper like his mama. Why is it that you bless your kids? Because they my kids. So God has a way with his love, his mercy, his compassion of blessing you even when he know you don't deserve it. My wife got this saying when the kids go out looking any kind of way, she said, y'all leaving the house like you ain't got no parents that love y'all. Some of y'all are walking around like you don't have a God that loves you. And if you're walking around that way, I'm telling you, it's your choice today. I, 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 know, that's, I know that's irritating somebody because you, you're trying to explain away what, what God is requiring you to do. You're trying to explain, put your situation on somebody else instead of taking responsibility. If God said I can have it, I'm going to get it. Watch this. Watch this. How does God do it? All right, all right, so, so. Th- There's a saying um, Bishop Hillier says, and I love it. He says that God will raise up people to use their power, their influence, and their wealth to bless you. So this is one of the ways. I- I'm going I'm to give you, I think, seven, seven, seven. How God provides and how he sustains. Number one, I need you to take notes. Number one. He touches touches people's heart to bless you. He puts you on somebody's mind. He knows what your needs are. He knows what your situations are. He puts you on somebody's heart. Mm. Acts chapter number 4, verse number 34. We read this last week. Look what happened. There were poor people in Jerusalem. Everybody shout poor people. There were poor people in Jerusalem. But look what it says about the poor people in Acts chapter number 4, verse number 34. There were no needy persons among them. Why? For from time to time, those who owned land, God touched their hearts. And what did they do? They sold the land, brought the money from the sales, put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. God touched somebody's heart. Now, this was crazy. I highlighted this at the end of the message. Some of y'all missed it, so I got to say it again. These same people that selling property and taking this extra money, they are abundantly supplied. They go through a situation where famine hits their land, where they no longer have the money that they... Anybody ever been there? Like, you've been at a place like you... I mean, you're really balling, you're really blessed, but then you go through a a season. They go through a season, and look what God does in Acts chapter number 11 as they go through a season. Acts chapter number 11 declares, Agabus stood up and through the Spirit predicted, he prophesied, that a severe famine was coming to that land. So you know what the people did? Verse number 29, the disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This is so crazy. So here the people are in chapter number four. They're saying that these people are in need. Let there be no needy people among us. And they start giving extra possession. Watch this. To bless them. Now the whole community is in need. So you know what God does? He touches somebody else's heart outside of the city, causes a man to prophesy the famine to come, and before the famine ever gets there, they already have the resources they need. Everybody shout, God does it just like that. Number one, he'll raise up somebody to use their power, their influence, their wealth to bless you. Number two, God opens doors that you are not qualified to walk through. God will open doors that your education, your, your experience, your, your running partners don't explain how this particular door got opened for you. Number three, he closes harmful doors that he knows won't work together for your good. Now, it's some things that he allows us to go through that are negative, that are harmful, but he knows I'm going to work this out for your good. This misery is, is going to become your ministry. But the doors that he sees, uh-uh, this one, mm-mm, that 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 ain't going to work together for your good. He closes them. Now now, 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 you can bust through it and walk through it if you won't. But if God closes the doors, I trust the God that opened the door and is the same wisdom in closing other doors in my life. Here's number four. Supernaturally, he stretches your income. Supernaturally, he stretches. It was crazy. I had a buddy just the other day was picking one at me, and he said, y'all just came back from Mexico? He said, man, y'all done went on more vacations this year. And you know what? My income cannot explain my travel schedule this year. My income cannot explain my travel schedule this year. Matter of fact, The last flight we was on, Monte, they bumped your boy up to first class for $15. I got on that plane acting bougie. Yeah. Oh, Oh, no, I don't want any water right now. I'm okay. Honey, is there anything that you desire? I was sitting in the seat like a boss. I ain't never had my legs this wide on a plane, but you know, the seats in the front, like, I've never been the first one off the plane. I took my time holding up the aisle, too. (laughs) My income don't explain what I have and what I do because God has a way of. And not only does he stretch your income, uh, 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 number five, he supernaturally reduces prices and cancel debts. Had a cousin of mine looking at, um, looking at my truck about a year ago like, ooh, ooh. I see what you drive. I know what you pay for that. I ain't even say nothing. I promise you I didn't pay what you saw. I promise you I didn't. Here's number six. God has a way of giving you witty ideas and inventions to prosper you. And there are some of you all right now sitting on some ideas and you holding up your own financial prosperity. Number seven, he freely gives you the wisdom to maximize your harvest. So what he's already blessed you with, there's a special wisdom that he will give you to grow it, to increase it, to maximize it. Somebody say amen to that. So let's deal with this, my man. Let's deal with this because I, I, see, I see you, I see you, I feel y'all. I don't just see you, I feel you. You you got trouble with this. You got trouble with this message because it just sounds like them get rich kind of folk, that you know, that be on TV. Uh Uh-uh. Watch this. (laughs) Your pastor's a sound teacher. I'm telling you, I ain't filling you with a bunch of fluff. I ain't doing that. Because the words that I speak, I got to stand on them. I got to stand on them. So if I got to stand on them, I want to make sure that what I'm giving to the people is something sound to stand on. And I'm telling you today, you don't have to be broke another day in your life. Monte, you will never be broke another day in in your life. When I was over there, that's what God gave. I was already going to say it to the congregation, but he said, you I wonder if you will receive it for yourself. <laughs> Somebody shout, I'll never be broke another day in my life. <laughs> now, I want to show you something in the text. No, 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 no. I, I, I feel you. 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 Are you going to talk about salvation? Absolutely. I got to, man, I got to get, I got to draw people to Jesus. I'm worried about your eternal state, but the same pastor that talks about your eternity also need, knows that you need healing from the traumas of your past. So I got to talk about the God that, that's able to heal your heart and your mind. Why, to build your faith to receive healing from being dropped in your past. But I also have to talk about uh, the miracles that Jesus performed that he's still willing and ready to perform now. Why? To build your faith to receive the miracle in your physical body that you need right now. I got to talk about relationships because many of you all know what it's like to be in a situation where you look at somebody that you lay into the bed next to you and you're like, Lord, I just don't know. So I got to teach on relationship things to build your faith to give you hope again that this can work out. But I also got to talk about faith finances to build your faith so that you can receive that God wants you in a position not only to meet your needs, but to help somebody else meet theirs. I got to, I got to, I got to. So look at this foundational text, man, when I saw this, yeah, I wanted to click, I wanted to, I wanted to click my heels. She said, why you are you doing me like that? Deuteronomy 15 and 4 declares, there should be no poor among you. For the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he is giving you as a special possession. Now, this is why he says that because two things. Number one, what he's going to challenge the people to do. Number two, the supernatural provision that he's going to provide. So there's going to be something he's going to touch the hearts of the people to do. And then there's going to be a supernatural plan. Six declares, the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised. You will lend money to many nations, but will never need to borrow. You will rule many nations, but they will not rule over you. But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns, when you arrive in the land, the Lord your God is giving you. Do not be hard-hearted or tight. Tice- tight-fisted toward them. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Verse number 11 is the scripture that Jesus quotes. There will always be some in the land who are what, y'all? Now, what I want to do is conflate verse 11 with verse number 4. Verse 4 declares, there need be no poor people among you, but there always will be poor people, verse number 11. For they ain't got to be poor, 11, but some will be poor. For I made provision so they don't have to be, verse number 11, but there are some who will choose to be. Verse 11, you don't have to have lacks, lack in your life. Four, four, you don't have to, 11, but, but, but there's some who, who will be. So I, I started asking the question. You've got to help me. Because Jesus, whenever a New Testament person quotes an Old Testament scripture, go back to the Old Testament scripture to understand the context so you can get the revelation of what he said. So too many times people quote what Jesus said out of Deuteronomy, Verse number 11, but they don't look at the full context of why he said what he said. Because verse number 4 says, you don't have to be broke. You don't have to be poor. That's not my plan for you. I made provision for you to be abundantly supplied. But even after my provision, nevertheless, there are some among you. He's talking about his people that will be poor. So, pastor, you're going to have to help your boy with that. Two things. Uh, There are things that make us poor. There are things that make us poor. There are things that make us poor. Everybody shout, there are things that make us poor. I mean, real talk. If I get sick, can't go like I want to go, that's going to drastically affect my income. Pandemic comes through. Shut everything down. I can't go to work. I'm a business owner. I can't pay my employee. I can't even pay myself because no, no, no people are walking through the doors. That can make me poor. So what do you do when situations make you poor? You have faith on the promises of God that get you out of poverty. So I ain't worried about something giving me a financial setback. Because there are some things that make us poor, but then there's some things that keep us poor. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the stuff that keeps us poor. So this is what I would had to do, man. Y'all, y'all pray for me. So when I, when I first started this message, I, had, I was halfway through it, and I had all these great principles and all these great analogies. And um, God spoke to me. And in essence, he said, let the Bible define its own definitions. Don't, don't, don't just give them, because I, I mean, what, what I'm teaching, Chad, it's, it's like in me. Like, like, real talk. Man, I'm, I hadn't just been preaching, teaching this. I've been living this for years. Dude looked at me the other day. He was like, so, so, yo, how, young man, how long you been in the ministry? I said, 26 years. 26? How, how old are you? 44. You started at 18? Sure did. Here's what's crazy. If I'm talking about financial prosperity... And you can't look at me and see blessings. I need to fold up my little laptop and go back in my office. <laughs> and I got to say that because real talk, man, it was, it was a time in my life, and, and uh, I ain't there now, but it was a time. It's like I was ashamed of how God was blessing me. Because I couldn't explain how he kept opening up those doors. It was just blowing my mind. But watch this. I wasn't ashamed when I ain't had no money. I'm not real, real talk. I wasn't shame at all. Y'all see this bald head? Y'all see this bald head? It can grow again. What you laughing for? I'm serious. I choose this now because it just look good on the brother. It just look, it just look good on the brother. Right? Don't hate, don't hate, don't hate, don't hate. Let me show you how this started. This started years ago. Me and my wife. Got together, broke as a joke. I could not afford a $10 haircut. Might not be able to afford them now. <laughs> I couldn't afford a $10 haircut. $10. So you know what I started? I started shaving my own hair. started cutting my own hair. That's where this came from. You know what I was doing? We were being faithful over what God gave us then, who being faithful stewards of what he gave us right then. So here we are, how long have we been together? We've been together 24 years. We've together 24 years. How long have we been married? I just wanna make sure you know. I <laughs> thought That's what that's all about. She got it right, 23 years, we'll be married. So you mean to tell me, Pastor, 23 years of being with this woman, and watch, watch this, watch this, we working together. We working together. We working together. Some of you couples not working together. You're working together and you're hindering your own self because you're not working together. I'm over time, but I'm, I'm still, I gotta go. I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. L- let me deal with that working together. So I don't, I don't like making, I don't like, matter of fact, I really don't make financial move without being on one accord with my wife. Number one, because I want the blessings of one accordness. I want that. Number two, probably more importantly, is that she is a I told you so kind of woman. (laughs) Yes, she is. (laughs) Yep. Getting ready to get a car one time, she's like, "Mm, I don't think we need to get that. And I didn't get it either, because if I got the car, anything go wrong. Flat tire, told you so. Watch this, time for oil change. See, I told you. Get an oil change every month with that car. So here we are, 23 years of work. Everybody shall work together. Man, we working together. We working together. Watch this. As far as I know, let me just speak for me. I ain't got no money, I'm hiding. Let me tell you, we were sitting down with a prophet. This was, this was about a couple of years ago. We were sitting down with a prophet, we took him out to uh, lunch, and the prophet said, he was just prophesying, I'm talking, he was just bam, bam, bam. This, this dude here is sharper than Judah. Prophesying. He looked at my wife and he said, ooh, I see all this money in envelopes, just money in envelopes under the bed. All these envelopes, you're doing good. And I'm like, Whoa, what, oh, oh, what, what, what? what were we talking about? What envelopes now? What envelopes? He kept on prophesying about something else, I ain't here, none of all I heard was envelopes. <laughs> let's take the prophet back to his hotel so we can go see the envelopes. <laughs> so she pulled out the envelopes, and, and true to, fo- you know, she, she was saving her little money, her birthday money, and she said, everything's written down in and county for us, so we're okay. I said, well, let's just put it in the bank so I can see it. <laughs> I don't like envelope systems, <laughs> unless we talking <laughs> about Dave Ramsey. <laughs> 23 years of working together. Her money is our money. My money, it is our money. We make business decisions together over a certain amount of money we don't spend unless we inform the other person. Working together. So after working together and working the principles of the word, shouldn't you see blessings upon our lives? Crazy. Crazy. To our, we went to the uh, 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 to the bank, and we we were um, co-signing for this. And it's, it's funny, <laughs> the, the president didn't tell us that, but the, the lady he you know assigned, we had to you know co-sign or whatever. She's like, "Well, you know, if just in case this loan defaults, we're gonna take you guys' possessions." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I wanted to call some members. Hey, um, <laughs> I need you to come sign some papers. <laughs> My wife called him, told him what we were going to do with the church. He just asked the question, how much you want? How much you want? No, 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 watch, watch this, watch this. this. The guy that's the president, 15 years ago, he was just a law officer. And we closed on the, fir- the uh, downtown location. Now he's the bank president. We pick up the phone, he just say, how much you want? We came by the other day to sign the paperwork he said, we, we told him, he said, man, we appreciate it. He said, man, no problem. Anything y'all touch turns to gold. That's what he says. He said, whatever you touch turns to gold. <laughs> so this saying, don't, don't be looking at, oh, that's just a little pastor. That's because you just a little preacher. No, 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 no. no. God has respect the principles, not a respect the person. So I don't care if you're white, black, Whatever. If you work the word, the word will work for you. So, so, so there are some things that make us poor. I ain't worried about that because there, over 23 years, there's been some situations that have hit our lives, but we've always rebounded. Always, because God got us. But by the same token, there's been some principles that we had to shy away from because these things right here, they just don't make you poor. They actually keep you in poverty. So, so, so go to the text. I, I did have my nice, nice little list. God said, no, 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 no. Go to the scripture. And show them in scripture, number one, what my will is concerning their lives and why some people aren't achieving what I desire. Because you do know that the will of God is not automatic. It requires your participation. The scripture declares, God says that I desire for all people to be saved. That's his desire, for all people to be saved. But we know everybody ain't going to be saved in the end. Why? Because everybody won't participate with his will. So if it's his will for you to be financially blessed, if you're not, it might be because you're not participating with what his plan is for your life. So as I'm I'm, I'm getting ready to give you these these few principles here, don't think I'm just preaching this from some dogmatic pulpit platform. No, 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 no. I have to guard myself to make sure I'm I'm never in this position. Are y'all ready for this? Proverbs chapter number six, verse number six. Go to the ant you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, or ruler, yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? This is the scripture talking. When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Proverbs twenty thirteen. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. He's talking about laziness. He's talking about procrastination. He's talking about God giving you a plan and you have not activated the plan that God has already given you. Proverbs 13, 18, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. There are some people who simply reject wisdom. There are some people who reject wise counsel. And then there are some people that God has given you a plan of what he wants you to do with your money, how he wants you to save, how he wants you to give, how he wants you to bless other people, and you have rejected this plan. And when you reject instruction, what happens? Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Whoever loves pleasure, it's not that you don't enjoy it, but when you love it, you will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be abundantly supplied. So what is it saying? Scripture declares that there need there need to be poor people among you. There need to be. It's four. But 11 says but there will be some. Who are those some? It's the people that won't listen. To me as their God they won't listen to the wise counsel that I send them. It's to the people who won't They hear me, but they won't act on it. They slow to act. Who are these people? The folk that have expensive habits. Expensive, expensive habits. Who? The individuals who have bad coping mechanisms. The thing that they cope with the stresses of life, robs them of their passion their intelligence and their desire so when they do or could move they're in a place where they mentally can't move God says today I want you abundantly supplied so how does, how does this work man how, how does this work how, do, how does this work because um, if I'm in this place where I'm not able to meet my needs of somebody else's, I, I, I just can't, I'm, I'm just making ends meet. If I, if I do this, then I'm not gonna be able to pay this. Or I'm, I'm living, I'm here, where my needs are okay, but I'm in no situation to be a blessing to anybody else. God says that I want you abundantly supplied, not only for your needs to be met, but for you to meet other people's needs. But I find myself in this category, I'll be honest with you. (laughs) Since they gave me the whole Dave Ramsey uh, financial seminar, and I ain't listened to one CD, you have refused wisdom. They told me, they told me how to do the envelope system and I ain't enveloping nothing. They challenged me how to pay God and then pay myself. Via savings, via investing. I have rejected wise counsel. And I also, I, I hear what Rev talk about. You, know, you give money, give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, press down, shake it I, I heard what he said, but I'm, I'm just going to hold on to mine. I heard what he said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I heard what you said. But what you fail to realize, it wasn't Greg, it was God who said that. So not only have you rejected earthly wise counsel, what God, the plan that God has given you to help prosper you, you rejected that as well. You got these expensive habits. It's it's, it's okay to have a financial habit, I just just love this, but but when this stuff that you know you can't afford, but it's like an addiction that you just go get it anyway, or just put it on a credit card, set yourself up for future failure. And then there's some of you all who have addiction, drugs get all your money. Some of you, your cigarettes, get all your money. Some of you, your, your, your drinking extracurricular activity. Some of you, the strip joints, get all your money. You pay that girl that money to tell you, you're beautiful and you know you're ugly you leave feeling good. I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. Some of you, your expensive habits, some of you are your coping mechanisms. He, he, he was one of my coping mechanisms, and, and praise God, I'm, 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 I'm better. Y'all probably saw my post Wednesday night, I'm not completely healed. My coping mechanism When I really get down, or used to get down, I used to go by myself to the Chinese buffet on 49. Park in the back. Leave me alone. Just me and my rice. I just eat. It was okay every once in a while. But I started getting down every week. Then every other day. Before I knew it, i'm spending an extra 12 dollars three times a week what could you have done with that extra 30 some dollars a week with that extra 120 some dollars a month times 12 that extra thousand and something dollars a year what could you have done with that So, Pastor, if I find myself in that situation, Jamie, come, 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 please, grab my mic. Come, 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 come. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Here's here's what I'm this this is what blesses me. Man. So I know what it's like to see churches where the pastor driving the cleanest thing, wearing the cleanest thing, living in the cleanest thing, but everybody else in this congregation dirt poor. I know what that's like. This is what's blowing my mind? It's like this, this is the spiritual word on the street. If you want a house, come to EMCC. <laughs> I need to slow this one down because y'all are wearing me out with this, this premarital counseling. You want a husband, go to EMCC. God is just send you a man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna even. I ain't gonna even entertain that. I ain't. I heard it. I ain't gonna even entertain it. Listen, listen. This is what blesses me. This is what blesses me. Like I have spiritual sons and daughters. I have members here that's blowing my mind with what God is. I I call Artina the other money. Just find Artina. Like real talk. He just find her. I'm just gonna start standing next to you. What you doing, Pastor? Nothing. It's crazy the financial testimonies that this girl have. And it's several of you all. Look, 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 look. See, I, I don't claim to be this big major prophet. No, no, no. I ain't that at all. I just know when I hear God, I learn to say with boldness whatever he say. I said the month of November was going to be financially crazy for the saints of God. All this crazy stuff happening in this place. Here's the question a person with the poverty mentality will always stay poor no matter how much money you give them. Look at the statistics of lottery winners. They go broke in a year. They go broke in one year. So it's not just, uh, say it, Pastor, it's not just the amount of money. Let me go ahead and say that. It's a spirit of poverty that has to be broken off of your life. How? I don't know. Why why are you trying to make this demonic? No, 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 no. Because the enemy, the tactic for believers is to build up mental strongholds. Mental strongholds are patterns of thinking that always cause you to end up in the same rut that you were in before. So watch this. If my bills are here and my incomes are there. When you get a raise, no, when you get a raise, income goes up, but guess what else goes up? Hit the lottery, but guess what else goes up? My bills too. Because the same mindset that got me in debt and kept me in debt when somebody bails me out. Are y'all listening to me in this place? So it is a spiritual stronghold that's got to be broken off of you. How how do you break it? How do you break it? Um, It's it's, it's real simple. It's real simple. It's real simple. When you allow Jesus to become the Lord of your life, every other ruler has to bow to him. When he becomes the Lord, I was was talking to a young man. I was talking to a young man the other day just about keeping himself sexually and all this kind of stuff. And um, I told him, I'm, I'm in covenant with my wife. I never want to hurt her, um, so I made a commitment to never be with another woman. He like, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, but, but, but watch this, let me show you where my level of commitment is. Because it's one thing to say, I ain't gonna never cheat. It's one thing to say, I ain't gonna never sleep with nobody else, but there's but, but a bunch of folk that said that, but they failed. The I told him, let me show you what God challenged his lordship in my life concerning my sexuality. God says don't just sleep with, not just sleep with anybody else. Don't allow anything else to even stimulate you. So watch this. If I'm watching something that starts stimulating me, it goes off. I'm hanging around somebody and their flirtatiousness begins to start stimulating. Walking at Walmart and it's just too it's I I go to win Dixie. (laughs) Let me get up out of here. I allowed him to become the Lord of my life and my sexuality. And there's some of you all you gotta allow God to become the Lord of your life. Because even after this message, there are gonna be some expensive habits that's gonna call your name, but you're gonna say no. Jesus is Lord. Some of you all, you still procrastinate. You're like, man, I, I'll start it tomorrow. Okay, God, if you're saying do it now, I'm going to stop and I'm going to do it now. Okay, God, all right, all right. Let me go back in the mobile app and listen to all the messages on finances that Pastor preached that I didn't listen to. And let me get that wisdom so I can hear what you're saying to me. That's how you make him Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed all over this building. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Number one, you're in this place and you said, Pastor, what you just challenged me with convicted me. Let me see your right hand. Where you at? I see you. Thank you. Don't don't worry. I'm not calling you to the front. I'm just I'm gonna pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Listen, just listen to me. There's a solution. Mm-hmm. You gotta make Jesus Lord in that life, that area of the life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make him Lord. Number two, there's somebody in here beyond him being the Lord of your finances. You've never actually extended the invitation for him to be your God. I mean, you know the story of the passion. You, you heard the little Easter service sermon. But you've never actually confessed him as Savior and as the Lord of your life. And here's an opportunity to do that right now. Number one, both of you, I'm going to walk you through this prayer of lordship. After I walk you through the prayer of lordship, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk to him yourself. And then I'm going to ask Jamie just to share and to pray, to seal. So, Father, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for. I thank you for what you wrote in the Word. God, I I I, I said nothing. I said nothing today that just wasn't in the Word. I got one of the simplest messages I've preached in a long time. I just, I just read what was in the Bible, that's all I did. And based on what I read, there are poor among us, but we don't have to be. Because you've made both natural and supernatural provision to get us unstuck to liberate us where not only are we able to meet our needs but God we can help and bless other people as well so Father corporately we ask you to forgive us God of our failures to honor you in the area of our finances because in all actuality this money ain't even mine the earth is the Lord's and the it all belongs to you and so God we apologize to you tell you that we're sorry. So, Father, we believe that you died on the cross. We believe that you rose again the third day. We believe because of this, we are saved. But we want more than just to get out of hell-free paths. We want more, we want more, we want more. Because it is your will not only for us to Experience the joys of the Lord in glory. But David said, My foot had almost slipped, lest I should see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is your desire for us to prosper on this earth while we are here. Prosperity, we know, is not about a number, it's not about a dollar amount. No. It is about you providing for our needs and enabling us to bless other people. So we thank you, everybody. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I confess my wrongdoings, my slothfulness, my procrastination. I'm asking you, Jesus, forgive me where I failed you. Say, Lord, I believe that you love me and you care for me. I believe that you love me so much you was willing to give me your everything. So I'm asking you to forgive me for all of my sins. Say, Jesus, please be the Lord of my life. I make the decision today to step down off the throne and bow to you and allow you to rule my life. Say, Jesus, whatever you say, that's what goes. Say it again, say, Jesus, Whatever you say, that's what goes. One more time. Say, Jesus, whatever you say, that's what goes. Now, I'm going to give you just a moment to make that prayer personal all over this building. Come on. Say what you need to say to God. Ooh. 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 My God, today, I thank you.
1: God, so before I say that, God, I had really been struggling in my mind mentally because I recently had to leave my job. I work as a school counselor um, because my oldest son is going to have to have a very serious heart procedure very soon. We thought it was going to be last week, but God delayed it, and I won't question his time, and his timing is perfect. So I was... Kind of sort of faced with the decision to leave my job uh, so that I could be able to take care of him, and so I've been struggling. I had been struggling in my mental because I'm like God because what Pastor talked about. Me and my husband are extremely together when it comes to our finances, sure. and I absolutely love him. Okay, and so my thought was, and I know that he, this man, would do anything in the world for me. Okay. I'm talking about anything. He does not care if it means he has to walk 10,000 miles with whatever on his shoulders. He will carry it for me, okay, so that I can be happy and so that I can have my peace. And so trying to be a good wife, I don't want to take advantage of that. He had been telling me to leave my job for a long time, and I'm just like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until... Every time, I'm, I'm always telling him, babe, I don't wanna work no more. I'm an entrepreneur. I know I got this in me. I'm a real estate agent. I can do this. But when he would tell me, babe, don't, don't go back, I'd be like, uh-uh, I'ma go one more week. Uh, I'm gonna go one more month. And so I was faced with the decision to go ahead and leave, and I'm having to rely fully and solely on real estate at this time. or really f- fully in, on God. But anyway, in my mind, I'm thinking, how in the world am I gonna do this? So and it had really been bothering me. So last week I was sitting um, in my normal spot and pastor was preaching and he said something that triggered a thought and my friends know I go, God just starts giving me revelation after revelation after revelation, but this time he gave me reminders. And so he started to remind me of how uh, important and how pivotal giving has been in my life, okay? So uh, those who used to work on the count team can testify to this. A bunch of years ago, I used to sow seed directly. Um, uh, there was a love offering envelope. This in the back, I would pay my tithe, pay my offering, and then I, whatever I had, if it was a dollar and fifty cent, if it was twenty five cent, I would give a love offering to pastor. Because I said, when I was single, I said, you know, this is an integral man. He is faithful to his wife. He has children that he loves and adores. And so I want my husband to be similar to that, okay? I wanna have a man that's integral, that I don't have to worry about rolling up on him and everything that I repented and changed my life from, having to bring all of that back out because he ain't being faithful, okay? I want a good man that's not gonna send me to jail, okay? But anyway, so I wanted a good man. I wanted a man that would be a good father, I wanted a man that would be on one accord with me with my relationship with God. Because I had did that before. I dated guys who didn't have a relationship with God. and he, They would pull me away. And so I would have to make a decision. Like, it's one thing to say, for a man to say, yeah, I got, I got a relationship with God. But it's another thing for me to be able to see that evident in his life. And so I wanted to have a man that I could see that evident in his life. I wanted, I'm i a worshiper. I wanted to be with a man that would beat me on the floor, Okay. I wanted to be with a man that would be me and lift my hands, okay? So I started sowing seed, and I would write on the back of the envelope, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm directing this seed for a godly husband, for a good husband. And y'all know the story. God blessed me with my husband, or blessed my husband with me, or oh, maybe he blessed us with each other. Either way, I got the man of God, okay? And so I'm like, okay, that was a seed. So then me and my husband... Uh, we got married and uh, we got married June in 2013 and um, a couple of months after we got married I ended up having a miscarriage and I was I remember sending a message to first lady and pastor I mean first lady and star at the time um, and I'm like it was a during appreciation services and I'm like like Y'all, I know I got to leave worship. Y'all, please pray for me because I'm in the process of having a miscarriage. This wasn't my first time having one, so I know what my body was doing. The man of God called me and my husband up. We gave a tribute. He, After we gave the tribute, he called us back up at the end of the service, and he was like, um, First Lady, come and lay your hand on her womb. He had no clue of what I was going through. I never saw this man a day before in my life, and he began to prophesy over me and began to say, you know, God, opened up her womb um, and she laid her hands on my stomach and he, was, he even specifically said, you just lost one. Like as I'm standing up here passing a baby, he literally just said, and you just lost one. And I probably lost it. I don't really know what happened. or will see it after that. But after that, God told me to start sowing seed into them because they were fruitful and they multiplied a bunch of times. So I know it worked, okay? And here I am standing today I, now, see, let me tell you how God worked. because they got a baby in heaven, and they got five cherries. When I was praying and sowing the seed, I was really just asking for one. I wasn't trying to ask for five. But here I am standing on baby number five, pregnant with the baby number five, because God honored my seed. After that, my husband and I made the decision, because we are on one accord financially, to just start sowing seeds. Just, this is what we're going to do in our marriage. So we will pay our tithe, we would pay our offering, and then we will pay a special love offering seed into pastor and first lady. And I just didn't realize at that time what we were doing. And today we're living in what we sold those years ago. And we did it faithfully for two years. The, we have a beautiful, and he, I'm like him, I didn't ever want to seem braggadocious. But God blessed us in the middle of a pandemic to, to purchase a beautiful home. And I'm talking about something I used to always say, I want an alien home. Not that that matters, but God gave me the desires of my heart simply because I asked for it, okay? A car, I always wanted, I used to have dreams. Now, we was forced to get this car because I got all these cheering and I got to lug them around, but he blessed us this year right when I'm leaving my job to to get another car because of the seed that we sold. And so God was just sitting there reminding me, he was telling me, Jamie, I'm going to have you even in this transition, I created you for this. What you, this burning desire that you, and Pastor had to remind me too, this burning desire that you've always had to be an entrepreneur, to be in real estate in whatever capacity that was gonna be, I'm the one who gave you that. So if I put you in a position to walk in there, you don't think that I'm gonna be able to carry you through it? So I'm saying all of this to say, Whatever it is that God has been putting in your heart that you've been feeling is too big for you. He is the one who gave you the dream. He is the one, and I'll tell you, I started to lose vision. My People who have been around me know that I have a gift of faith and that I'm a visionary. By, the God just gave me that. I can see stuff. You could tell me one thing about a business that you want to do, and I can sit here and tell you from point A to point B, but sometimes you have to be careful of who you're around, and this is not to kick or, you know, make anybody feel bad, but people can make you lose your vision of who you are. When you're telling them what God is showing you, they honor you as the, the prophetic voice in their life. They honor you, but when you're telling them what God is showing you for their life, they get scared, and they like, oh. And so it makes you start like, well, maybe, am I? That's why you have to be very, very careful about who you're around and who you subject your gifts to. Because everybody don't understand what God has given you. Everybody don't understand that God has given you to them to be a blessing. Because he wants you to call forth what he spoke about them. But sometimes, like Pastor said today, some people will stay in a poor mindset because their vision is blind. Because they just simply can't see. Or when God begins to give them vision, the enemy comes and robs them of it. Maybe they share their their testimony too prematurely. You share it with the wrong people. Who knows what it is that has caused you to lose your vision, but today God wants to restore your vision. He wants to restore your vision so that you can begin to see what he sees so that you can begin to see the abundant life because it's really not even just about you and what he wants to do in you. It's about generations that'll follow you. It's about your children. It's about your children's children. It's about your neighborhood. It's some people that live right next door to you that's like, man, I want to do this, but they've never seen anybody else do more than what, they, than what they've done. And they, they're depending on you to step out on what God said so they can have a point of reference. They can say you know what they did it they're depending on you to budget they're depending on you to to pay yourself to pay god and pay yourself they're depending on you to do those things my baby tell me all the time mommy y'all must be rich baby i'm not rich i'm not rich i just don't spend i don't do crazy stuff with my money he really think i'm rich and i'm gonna keep letting him i'm gonna i'm gonna let him keep thinking that but i'm also gonna sit down and show him the, the recipe, I'm going to show him, this is what we live on the envelope system. We live on that, but that's a whole another subject for another day. But what I want to do right now is that I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray over us all. For those of you who have been having a hard time seeing what God is wanting to do for you, if you're really just like, you know what, this is some for somebody, you have a thought in your mind that where I am now, I'm, I'm further than where my mother was. I'm further than what my father was. I'm further than where my grandmother is. And so I have arrived, not in, a, not in an arrogant way, but you're saying that this is all that I can be. And God says, I have even more. God says, I have even more. So for those of you who have been struggling this and for those of you who haven't, I just bow your head at this moment. And I just want to speak this blessing over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would just stir up your worship. Stir up your worship. Begin to speak to God right now. If you have a heavenly language, begin to speak to Him. Worship activates levels and mantles. In worship, worship activates levels, anointing, and mantles in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you and we honor you on today, God. We thank you, Father God, for this message that has been brought to us, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you have so divinely orchestrated every single word that has been coming out of our pastors, your servant, your vessel's mouth, Father. Father God, not just so that we can have something to do on Sunday morning, but because you have a deep love for us, God. You have a deep love and you have purpose for us, God. You have a plan for each and every one of us. And so, Father, you orchestrated it so that we will be sitting in these over these past couple of weeks, receiving this message, receiving this download, Father, because there's greatness that you have in store for each and every one of us, God. There is so much more that you have in store for us, God. Father, and I just ask you right now, in the name of Jesus, for your children that have been struggling with sight, Father, that you would touch their eyes, Father
2: God, on today, not just their physical eyes, but that you would touch their spiritual eyes. Father God, you gave Abraham a promise. That he could have all that he could see, Father, but we know that it was more just that he could physically see, Father. You said you would give him the north, south, east, and west, Father. You had to give him spiritual perception. And so, on today, God, I'm asking you that you would give us the same spiritual perception that you gave Abraham, Father God, that we will be able to believe that there's generations on the inside of us, Father. I thank you on today God that you're breaking the stronghold of of spiritual poverty off of our minds God that we will begin to believe in you father for the miraculous things father God I pray in the name of Jesus that we will grab hold to the principles that you are setting before us Jesus and I pray father God that you will allow us to take the knowledge that we have acquired and put it into action that is wisdom when we can apply knowledge To action, then we become wise. Let us be wise today, God. Lord, let us apply what we have learned over these past couple of weeks, Father, and what we will continue to learn. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless us, Father, so that we can bless our neighbors, that you will make us resource sinners, Father God. Father, not so that we can be puffed up and hearty and proud, but Father God, there is a people that are needing to see, hear your voice, Father God, but because of the current situation, they're having a hard time believing you. So, Father. You you want to use us to go into these communities, to go into these neighborhoods, to buy up the neighborhoods, to give our food to the poor, Father. You want to use us, Father, and so much more than just word, Father, but you want to use us in deed and in action. So I'm asking you all today, God, to give us the wisdom today. In action father and to move and power god there's little girls in the school that need to see a teacher that rose up and was able to come back and buy back their school that rose up and was able to come back and pay for colleges father god that's what you want for us god you want us father your word said it is better for us to give than to receive father give us a heart to give on today god Let us not just be the ones with our hands out, Jesus. Give us a heart and a mind to be the givers, God. Yes, there's room to receive. There's times when we will receive. But, Father, it is better for us to give. Give us a giver's heart, God. Give us the gift of giving on today. Help us to understand that it's not about an organization, but it's about the body of Christ. God, let us understand that it's not about an organization, but it's about your gospel going forth, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father God, even every mindset that is had, a a bit or a skewed perception about giving a church I pray in the name of Jesus that that stronghold that that lie is broken now in the name of Jesus I pray in the name of Jesus that what the enemy has been trying to cause them to see is broken now the name of Jesus that they will be able to see the testimonies of others father that they will be able to see the life of others father and know that there's no scandal it's just blessing know that there's no scandal that it just comes from the kingdom of God know that there's no scandal it's just obedience God help us to walk in obedience God hallelujah Jesus hallelujah God Help us to understand your principles, Father. You said that you come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And we can't find nowhere in your scripture where there was a greedy person that, was abundant, that lived an abundant life. If they did, it was short-lived. Father, let us not be greedy. Let us not be tight fist God. Let us be those who will freely allow your, your, your resources to flow through us, God. Fix our hearts, God. Fix our hearts, God. Fix our hearts, God. To understand the great blessing that is attached to giving, God. To understand the freedom that's attached to it, God. Let us not just be sitting and wondering why. Why people always want to take from me. Father, for that mindset, I pray in the name of Jesus. Because there's some people in this room that have been hurt from giving. There's some people in this room that have been hurt from giving. But I'm asking you on today, God, that you would heal their hearts. That you will heal their hearts. That you will show them, Father God, the error in that giving. Maybe it was to the wrong person. Maybe it was to the wrong situation. Maybe it was to a greedy person who just wanted to rob them, and God will deal with them. But, Father God, for those who have been hurt through giving, I'm asking you all today that you would heal their hearts and give them a mind of understanding, God. Those who have been taken advantage of through giving, I pray, Father God, that you are healing that today, God. That you are healing that and that you're giving them new perception, God. Hallelujah that you're healing that perception now in the name of jesus and i thank you god that this church hallelujah that the people in this body of christ hallelujah jesus father god the people in this house will be abundantly blessed because they listen and they hearken to the word of the lord father god i thank you that how here, Father, that babies will be born, God. That people will be married to godly husbands and godly wives, God. I thank you that this house is blessed, God. That it is blessed, Father. We thank you, God, that this house will provide food even the more to the community, God. What we're doing downtown, I thank you, Jesus, that we're going to do right here in this community, God. Hallelujah, Jesus the full bank that we're doing down there, we will do it here. That so We will close those even the more, God you trust us, God. It's because you trust our man and woman of God. It's because you trust them. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would open up the floodgates of heaven and that you would begin to pour out a blessing on them and on their children and on their grandchildren and on their great-grandchildren that they will leave a legacy for those who will follow them. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you for those who are attached to us. Father God, that their sons and begin to rise up and they will begin to get to work hallelujah God because we have a work to do God and then Father God will the anointing flow from the head to the beard and to the skirt of the garment hallelujah Jesus let, your, let their sons and daughters father God get to work and then we'll be able to see the blessing attached to it God hallelujah Jesus we have a work to do to do we have a work to do I speak promotions in the name of Jesus promotions over your people God those who are not to teach, and Father God, the areas that you have us all working in, I thank you, Father, that you're giving us a boldness, that you're giving us a boldness, Father God, Father, that when we're called to these jobs for the entrepreneurs, whether it be through catering, whether it be through photography, whether it be through real estate, whatever it is, that when we come in contact with this new client that the Lord is about to give us, God, the boldness uh, and that you're giving us the p- ability to see what it is that they need. They may be coming to you for, for a meal, but God says, I'm going to allow you to see what it is that they really stand in need of. I'm going to put my words in your mouth. And when you do, God, I pray that you give them boldness to speak. Boldness to speak what it is that you say. When they show up at the weddings with them to do the photography, God, I thank you, Lord. Yes, it's a joyous but I thank you that you're, you're on purpose putting intercessors in those, in those weddings and in those places that will be able to pray and intercede on the behalf of those being wed. I thank you, Father God, for those who are in the beauty industry, whether they're cosmetologists or barbers. Father, they sit with the position to lay their hands on their people. And I pray that as they begin to lay, as they lay their hands, that de- demons are troubled hallelujah god as they lay their hands and demons are troubled their bodies are healed that they will say i don't know what it is about him i don't know what it is about her but when i sat in that chair my life totally changed and i thank you god that new levels are falling on your people on today new levels new levels new levels are falling on your people today. Father, every stronghold that has kept us in bondage. Hallelujah Jesus. I thank you that today it loses its power. I thank you that today it loses its grip. Hallelujah. Lust loses its power on today. Greed loses its power on today. Fear loses its power on today God. And I thank you, God, and we love you, Lord. Now somebody seal this prayer with worship. Seal this prayer with worship. Seal this prayer with worship. Cause He's worthy of the worship. He's. story in the Bible there was a woman who
1: uh, who lost her son the prophet had prophesied uh, a year before a couple of years before that when he came back that she would have a son she was already rich and so she said every time you come into this area I'm gonna give you a house I'm gonna give you a room at my house so anytime you travel here you will always have somewhere to stay so he came back the next year she had the baby god was glorified a couple of years later the baby died so she called for the prophet to come back and she said hey this baby that you prophesied he's gone so the prophet came into the room of the baby he he sent everybody out he came into the room of the baby and he stretched his body on the baby he put his he lined his mouth up with his mouth his eyes with his eyes And then uh, warmth began to come back to the baby's body. Okay, so he got up. He began, I believe, he began to worship God a little bit more. He began to praise God. And then he went and he laid his body on the baby again. And after that, the baby sat up. He sneezed seven times. And then the prophet told his servant, go get the mother. When he came back in the room with the mother, The first thing she did, God had
2: answered his prayers, well, answered her prayer. But the very first thing she did was bow down and worship. The first thing she did was bow down and worship. Before she received the blessing that God had already given her, she bowed down and worshiped. So I just dare somebody in this room that's waiting to receive something from the Lord to get on your knees, get on your feet, worship God God, we worship you all today God, we honor you all today we worship you in advance for what you're about to do in our lives we give you this worship all today for what you're about to do God we know that you want to bless us we know that you want to bless us so God, we worship you whether you do it or you don't God you are able oh God and so we honor you and we bless you and we give you the glory hallelujah hallelujah
0: somebody shout that it is so and so it is somebody shout and it is so so it is shout it again and it is so so it is